Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. News Radio 840 WHAS welcomes you to Jim Strader Outdoors, the area's leading authority on hunting and fishing. Jim Strader Outdoors is brought to you by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. For the outdoor home of your dreams, call Paul Thomas at 270-524-1980. Gary Roman's Firearm Service Center. Linden Animal Clinic, your pet's best friend. Sportsman's Taxidermy. Visit them at sportsmanstaxidermy.com. A.N. Roth Heating and Cooling, a family-owned business with over 100 years' experience in the Louisville area. Wildlife Habitat Solutions. Check Jim and his team on Facebook at Wildlife Habitat Solutions. And SMI Marine, getting your boat back on the water in no time. To join in on the conversation, call us at 571-8484 inside Louisville, 1-800-444-8484 outside of the metro, and pound 840 for Verizon wireless callers. Now, sit back and relax and enjoy the next two hours of Jim Strader Outdoors. We came from the West Virginia coal mines and the Rocky Mountains and the Western skies. I got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive, and a country boy can survive. We can skin a buck. Run a trot line and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. Country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. Hey, good evening, everybody out there. Jim Strader here and eager to talk to you this evening. Great to be back with you again, as always, and uh, we're going to talk about a lot of different things tonight, but primarily, we're going to do open lines tonight. We've had so many issue-oriented shows recently that I wanted to take this opportunity to do open lines and talk about what you would like to talk about this evening. Uh, As you know, this has been a very tumultuous period, uh, both politically and otherwise, and We've uh, done our best to keep you abreast of issues concerning the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife Resources and what's going on in the natural world. And a lot of you have had tons of questions about guns, guns for home protection, guns for hunting purposes, etc. So I've done my best to fulfill those obligations to you. However, Several folks have reached out to me and say, hey, we want an open lines night. And uh, I enjoy these very, very much. And uh, kind of gives me an opportunity to understand what's on your minds. So let me give the numbers here before I go into my dialogue. As usual, they are 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. Um, 
a lot of things popping out there on the wildlife scene. I'm going to do some wildlife notes and then uh, coming back from break, we'll get right down to answering any questions you have, or I certainly would enjoy your observations. Um, because hunting season has kicked off, I know that's on a lot of your all's minds. I've been very, very busy managing food plots and dove hunting. Uh, I have not been able to get out in the squirrel woods because of my hectic schedule with the wildlife management projects and or the dove hunting uh, that's on the calendar this time of year. But all my friends that have been in the squirrel woods and in my trail camera uh, scoutings and rambling I've done in the woods looking for deer sign, I can tell you we are at a very, very high population of squirrels this year. Probably one of the best uh, gray squirrel populations in particular that I've seen in a long, long time, which is very thrilling situation for me in that I've got a squirrel dog, as most of you know. So uh, once the leaves are off, I'm definitely going to be chasing bushy tails with a real fervor and uh, am very much looking forward to that. The pig nut and hickory nut crop this year has been pretty good overall, which was a bit of a surprise because the oaks have been spotty, but uh, the squirrels are still cutting hickory, uh, both the pig nut and shag bark. And so if you've got a yearning to get out in the woods and do a little rambling, either with a shotgun or a 22 rifle, uh, this is a real good time to do it. I have noticed in the last week or so, the squirrels have gone to the ground. By that, I mean there's enough nuts falling now that they're rambling around, uh, transitioning, and that makes a great time to prowl the woods instead of just sitting at one tree, which is one of my favorite ways to hunt squirrels is to just ramble. You know, you get to see a lot of country. You get to pick up on deer sign. You get to see where deer are crossing creeks, for example, things of that nature. And that's uh, just a real fun way to get things kicked in gear. Uh, dove hunting has been spotty for me. I'm sure it has for most of you. The weather influence has been negative on many of the dove fields. Um, We've just had so much rain, so much rain one after another that a lot of fields, including some of mine, were either flooded out or the seed that I put down was negated because of the rain. And the influence from the hurricane, especially in the western zone of the state, uh, blew out a lot of birds. It seemed most evident in the counties uh, along the Ohio River. So... Uh, it's been pretty hit or miss. Now, I have had some great shoots uh, over in the central part of the state. So uh, I really, really enjoyed that and got a big kick out of hunting with my buddies as usual. And uh, so the dove hunting has, again, been spotty, but good in some places, not so good in others. Uh, we got the... Special wood duck and teal season opening this Saturday in Kentucky. It opened on the uh, 12th in Indiana. So there's going to be some banging away during this early duck season. And it runs in Kentucky from September 19th to the 23rd. And then we've got a special teal only season on the tail end of that this year that goes through the 27th of September. So, 
that's good news. September Goose opens 16th of this month, and that's going to run through the 30th. So uh, that's good news for waterfowlers who want to participate in some early hunting, and that's something we'll certainly keep you abreast of going forward. If any of you got any observations about that, I'd love to hear from you. I will say there's a lot of local wood ducks in the area right now. I haven't seen any real big push from the teal, but I think with this cool down that's coming this week, we'll start to see some teal migration into the area, which will augment the number of ducks available for harvest during this special season. Rabbits continue to be another big item on the list uh, for small game hunters who are curious about what's going to happen as we move into the true fall period. Uh, I've seen the biggest variation in age uh, structures in rabbits that I've seen in a long, long time. Lots of rabbits. Mature rabbits, sub-adults, and little bitty babies. I'm still continuing to see really young rabbits, uh, even as of today. So that's something that's very exciting, I think, for the beaglers and folks who like to beat the brush for rabbits. I think this is going to be a great season. And with all the rain and lush growth we've had, I think cover is going to be excellent, which, again, is one of the biggest factors in how many rabbits there are. Uh, still available by the time the season opens with coyotes and bobcats and hawks uh, being very fierce predators. Uh, Don't let me leave out great horned owls, I might add. Uh, Being major predators on rabbits, they run a pretty fierce gauntlet, but there's lots and lots of rabbits spread out through crop fields, which won't really start to be harvested for some time yet, so I'm looking for a banner year for that. Um, Archery season for deer opened, as we know, the first Saturday in September. Lots of velvet bucks were harvested. Some real, really buster deer were taken. My brother Bob took a really beautiful big eight-point buck uh, opening evening. Uh, It was, uh, I love big eights. Let me just start with that. I think they show real well. When they've got uh, beam length and tine length, they're very spectacular-looking deer, in my estimation. And this deer had 24-inch beams and 11-inch G2, so he was a deer that showed very, very well. And I'm proud of my brother Bob for uh, taking that buck, and, and uh, he kind of set the bar for the rest of the Strader family for the season. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, Let me talk about fish a little bit before we go to break here because fish activity is starting to step up pretty good now. Water temperatures at many of the lakes are in the lower 80s or 70s, some even down into the mid-70s. And these are very comfortable temperature ranges for the bass, bluegill, and crappie, and catfish, and muskies. All the fish tend to get very, very active as these temperatures start to uh, drop off and they know the days are getting shorter and bass fishing has been really good at most of the lakes early and late in the day most of the catches I'm hearing about are occurring in fairly shallow water I'm not hearing much uh, being caught with consistency deeper than 12 or 15 feet 
which is good news for most anglers because from 15 to 25 is a big jump in your lure presentation and patience and all the things that go with it. So I'm glad that that's uh, happening. It appears as if we've had an excellent spawning cycle for crappie and bass because of the high water we had during the spring, and that's going to set the stage for really good fishing in the next two to four years, five years out. We'll have really, really good populations of game fishing in in most of our lakes. Uh, Bass are being taken early and late on buzz baits. Seem to be doing real well at a lot of the lakes. Topwater bites starting and will get better and better as we progress forward. Uh, Crappie are being taken on curler tails, tubes uh, in water about 12 to 15 feet deep on average. Again, that seems to be the magic depth and i want to add that crawfish migrations have started and that always brings on a good crankbait bite and uh shallow to medium running crankbaits in crawfish colors reddish orange uh blue backed types of crankbaits seem to work very very well during this period and a lot of guys are catching numbers of fish big numbers of small to medium sized bass on uh, various types of wacky worm and uh, shaky head combinations so it's a good time to be out there a good time to be fishing all right folks we got to go break but again i'm doing open lines tonight i want to talk about what you would like to talk about the number is 571 This break is presented by SMI Marine. They're located at 11400 Westport Road, just north of the Gene Snyder. The 2021s are in. They'll be glad to help you get into a new boat. And, of course, always glad to help you with any problems that you've got with your boat, motor, or any of the accessories. Again, that's SMI Marine. And remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI. And welcome back to Jim Strader Outdoors. Again, we're doing open lines tonight, folks. We want to talk about what you would like to talk about this evening. It could be about deer, it could be about fish, it could be about doves, it could be about Mother Nature in general. The numbers to do so, 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. Let's go to Faye, who's going to kick things off for us tonight. Hey, Faye, how are you tonight? I'm fine, and thank you, Mr. Schrader, for taking my call. I will get right to it. You had a program about three, four weeks ago in which you discussed various uh, tick problems and the best uh, repellent. And I thought I would get it written down, and I didn't. And I'm very much interested because I love to hike in the fall and the winter into uh, some pretty thick untraveled woodland areas. So what, what was that tick repellent that you said was safest for even children or animals? Okay. The it, active ingredient is permethrin. Uh, I'll attempt to spell it. It's a chemical, so forgive me if I'm off a little bit, but it's sure. uh, P-E-R-M-E-T-H-R-I-N, permethrin. 
and uh, you can purchase it at just about any of the sporting goods stores. Dick's, I think, carries it. Uh, in particular, I know Cabela's carries it. Um, Rural King carries it. I think Bass Pro Shops carry it. And it's, mm-hmm. it is a true tick repellent. And the reason it is so effective is that it actually kills ticks on contact. In other words, yeah. it, it's not a deterrent. It's an actual uh, chemical that they cannot sustain contact with it at all. So if you spray your clothing, uh, which I recommend, and I'm talking about everything, your boots, your shoes, your uh, socks, your slacks, whatever it is that you're wearing uh, the night before and let it dry. That's good for, uh, they say, up to six weeks or six washings. My outside uh, parameter is two weeks because I'm just not going to worry about ticks when I'm out there because of all these nasty diseases. So if you'll just do a light spraying outdoors uh, and allow the clothing to dry, you should be good to go for at least two weeks. Okay. And what about if the spray should get on your hands or your skin? Is there a problem with that? Well, they've uh, relaxed those regulations. What they've revealed in, in the studies that have been done is not that it's dangerous to you necessarily, but that if it is on your skin, your perspiration dissipates the effectiveness of it. However, I like to take the precaution of washing it off because a lot of people don't realize your skin is the largest organ on your body. Uh, It readily takes in any type of chemical that comes in contact with it. Uh, I say any, most chemicals, I would say, that come in contact with it. So I'm pretty cautious about that and don't recommend spraying permethrin on your skin. Uh, you know, I just tend to err on the cautious side of that. Okay. So then, you know, how when uh, your boots or your shoes, you know, near where the sole attached to the upper part of them, that. I know is a place in which chemicals can sort of aerate through, you know, to your feet. And of course your feet are big, big absorbent, as you well know. So yes, ma'am. Once I, I don't worry it, about that when I spray it the night before and let it dry. And I do uh, apply it uh, at times when I get out of the truck and I'm not uh, overly concerned if a little bit gets on me, but I do shower when I get home. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I was wondering. Once it dried, is it still just as effective, but not as maybe potent to getting it onto your skin or something? That that that's correct. You're you're right on track. That's the key. Spray it, okay. let it dry, and then go on with it. Okay. Well, I appreciate that very much. Thank you, and I enjoy your program every Sunday night. Thank you. Thank you, Faye. I, I enjoy you all more than I can tell you. All right, folks, we got to go to break here. Again, we're doing open lines tonight. The number is 571-8484-1-800-444-8484. I'm really uh, glad that Faye called in with that question because, as you've heard, I'm encouraging you to get out there. But let's be safe. Ticks are a bad hazard. We need to protect ourselves against 
Again, the number is 571-8484-1800-444-84. We'll be back right after this. All right, we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. We're doing open lines tonight, folks. Tonight's the night I want to talk to you about what you would like to talk about. It could be about current fishing conditions. It could be about wildlife habitat management. It could be about seasons. It could be about what the deer are doing now. You name it, I'll do my level best to help you with all those things. The numbers to do so, 571 8484-1-800-444-8484. And in that regard, let's go to Bill, who's calling from Somerset. Hey, Bill, how are things down there around the lake, buddy? Well, it began to dry up a little bit. The front got through us. Listen, I've been listening to you, and I listen to you frequently. And I had your woman call about tick prevention here. I remember a program about three or four weeks ago, you had uh, exclusive coverage of tick bites. And I want to reinforce something, what you said during that program. I know a person who had a tick bite, oh, about three weeks ago, and he had a little reaction around it, didn't pay much attention to it, until he had a fever three days later. He went to the doctor and thought he might have Lyme disease. Well, serology was drawn, but rather than waiting for the results of the serology, he was put on treatment and got better immediately. The serology came back positive not for Lyme disease, but for Rocky Mountain spotted fever. And the treatment for Lyme disease and Rocky Mountain spotted fever is the same. And I'd like to emphasize what you told people before. Don't delay getting treatment. Well, I'm delighted you called about that because I have had so many people that I know uh, come down with these tick diseases. Uh, My niece has had it. Uh, a bunch of my close personal friends have had it, and it is nothing to fool with. And I had not heard much about Rocky Mountain spotted fever down in your area, but I'm not surprised yeah, okay. that it's there because there's been some cases of it reported uh, down, you know, throughout several parts of the state. And it's a very, very, very serious disease that can cause all kind of damage to your heart, to various internal organs, uh, and in advanced stages can be fatal. So I'm really tickled that whatever doctor your friend went to was cautious enough to go on and put them on antibiotics to help uh, deter that during the period when they were being tested. And I want to add a, a sidebar to this testing. The testing for uh, Lyme disease in particular is called a titer test is not as accurate as we would like it to be. Uh, Ehrlichia, and, which is another one of the bad tick diseases, which uh, my dog contracted years ago. Um, in particular, it's a little difficult to, to uh, diagnose this test. So if you've had a tick bite and that tick bite developed any type of rash or, or circular uh, area around it, there is not, 
I will repeat not any downside to having a physician put you on the rather mild antibiotics that can kill that disease before it takes hold of your body. So uh, I'm delighted to hear that your friend did that, and they probably skated out from under a very, very ugly situation, honestly. Well, I'm glad you emphasized that to your readers, so you, you might save some lives. That's great. Well, that's what we're here for, partner. <laughs> there's there's lots nice. of things out there that are, you know, uh, you need to be careful about, but that in particular is one that's very much on my mind because of the numbers of people that I have encountered that have had that. I want to add a note to that, and it's one that I think is worth putting out here, and that we did not mention it on that program that night that I recall, but. A lot of these uh, suburban areas in Kentucky where there's large deer herds within uh, the subdivision areas, the folks that live there need to realize that they are at risk for Lyme disease and Rocky Mountain spotted fever and Ehrlichia and these other diseases because the deer are some of the carriers, obviously, for these ticks and when they shed those ticks and they're existing even in your yard uh, that's a problem and what I am bringing this up for is a lot of these mayors in many of these suburban areas have enacted uh, uh, ordinances against hunting and against uh, the firing of any firearms and what they don't realize, if there's large deer populations in those areas, they're, they're setting up their citizenry for these diseases. And that's a real short-sighted way to operate, in my opinion. And I wish that more municipalities in Kentucky would look into archery-only zones in these municipal areas for deer because that's a great way to trim the deer herd down to where you don't have these outbreaks from these tick diseases. There's several areas here in, in the Louisville area, for example, where these tick diseases have become prevalent. Uh, the prospect area to the north of Louisville, here's one of them, the Anchorage area. Uh, out here in, in the northeastern part of the county is another, and it's become prevalent in Moorhead. Kentucky, for example, out in the eastern part of the state, these folks need to realize that an overpopulation of deer is not a good thing for a variety of reasons, and tick diseases, in my opinion, are one of the big ones. So I appreciate you informing us about that, Bill. Well, I enjoy your program very much, and thank you very much. Yes, sir. I deeply appreciate your call. Yeah, folks, he's brought up an excellent uh, adjunct to what Faye was talking about. You know, if you know very many outdoor people, I'm sure most of you know somebody that's had complications from these diseases. And, uh, boy, they, they wreak havoc on you. If, if, if it's untreated, I'm going to say this, to be very, very blunt about this. If you have had a tick bite, and you have had a rash, or if you've had this circular 
bullseye, which is the big indicator of a Lyme's disease situation, you could just think you've had a cold. You could just think you had the flu. You could really not see many other symptoms immediately other than uh, feeling tired or, or general malaise. You better go see your doctor and you, in my estimation, had better get on an antibiotic and do a follow through checkup and get tighter tested for the disease. But again, I want to emphasize those tests are not by any means 100% foolproof. And because of that, in my opinion, if you've experienced any of those symptoms, you owe it to yourself to get on the antibiotics, which are very, very mild. You know, it's not a big two month run of severe antibiotics with most doxycycline is the uh, most common uh, antibiotic that's used and it's what they give uh, adolescents for acne it's very very mild antibiotic but it's it's very effective against most of those tick diseases so again let's be safe out there all right folks i'm gonna go to the break this break is presented by paul thomas at Mosseo Properties Heart Realty. He's got all kind of outdoor properties listed right now. Their farms, their wildlife properties, their vacation homes on rivers and lakes. And I'd encourage you to go on their website where you can look at a lot of these. Or if you're interested in selling a property, he's your man. Again, it's Paul Thomas. Check him out at mophartrealty.com. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. We're doing open lines tonight. Number to reach us, 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484, which is how Dan reached us this evening. Hey, Dan, how are you tonight? Hey, I'm good, man. It's good to hear you guys. Uh, you were talking about the six uh, about uh, probably 15 years ago, uh, my aunt uh live uh lived off of Buck Creek Road in Floyd's Knives uh in, in Indiana and uh she she was bitten by tick didn't didn't know it at the time and they waited a day or two and she got hot you know and you know weird stuff and they took her to the the uh the hospital and in a day and a half, she was dead. So, just you know, the ticks, man. It's it, 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 it's very important for for parents to check their young kids because you know they're out playing in the yard and all that crap. It is very important, you know, for them to check for ticks. I think. Well, it, it certainly is. I've never heard of anybody succumbing to the disease that quickly, Dan, there probably were other contraindications involved with that, but uh, I'm glad you you talked about that. So folks know, like you say, no, no, Jim, I'm not saying she died of that. You're, 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 you're very correct. Uh, I think she died of other things once she got in there, but you know, you know, it's just, you know, check your kids. That's, that's, yes, that's sir. All I got, you know. Yeah. Okay, partner. I sure appreciate the call very, very much. Bye. Yeah, these. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you for calling. Uh, 
I yeah, these, uh, <laughs> you know, like I say, if you, you're around folks that have been in the outdoors a lot, you're going to hear these stories. And because I'm in the outdoors constantly, I'm really amazed that I've skated out from under it. I've been suspicious that I might have had uh, cases of this. And as a point of reference, I have been placed on antibiotics at my request several times because of my exposure to ticks. I've had two of my dogs uh, had tick disease flirt my uh, English setter that I was so very, very fond of that I grouse hunted with for many, many years. Uh, had Lyme's disease. Looking back in time, I'm sure I hunted her up in the, some of the Lyme disease epicenters in Wisconsin and Minnesota during that period and uh, really didn't know enough about it at that time. It was still new and she developed some of the symptoms. She developed a limp in one of her front legs. In her later life, she did not have the endurance she initially had. She eventually went deaf. And um, during that same period, I came down with some flu-like symptoms, which upon learning that there was Lyme disease in those areas, I, I was treated. And I've been through some of the tighter tests. They came back negative. My physician elected to put me on the antibiotics as a preventative measure anyway. And I'm extremely grateful that he did because I feel sure that I ran the gauntlet. And I'm not sure uh, at other times that I haven't perhaps had some episodes with it. Uh, it's... Uh, it's a very worrisome thing if you're out there. I can just tell you, it's something you you really need to think about when you're out during these warmer periods of the year, which provides so much recreational opportunity that you don't want to deprive yourself of it, but you have to be very, very careful and very, very safe. I want to talk a little bit about food plot management uh, here before we go to break because we did a program about it couple weeks ago, I'm proud of the fact that it was a very timely program. Uh, we've had enough rain and enough uh, temperatures that are conducive to uh, germination that most of the plots that I planted right before and during that period have taken off like a rocket. It is not too late to put in some of those plots if you're still thinking about doing it. Again, I would encourage you to do so because the mast crop, and I'm talking primarily about the acorn crop, is a bit spotty this time. Now, having said that, I'm very, very happy to report that I'm getting some decent reports about red oak acorns now. Uh, they're, again, a little erratic, but it appears there's going to be a fairly significant crop of red oak acres in some of the areas around the state. The white oak crop is pretty meager in most places. There are some folks telling me that they're seeing some white oak acorns in the crowns of some of the trees that were sheltered from the late freeze and frost that we had and or in areas where the rains did not wash the uh, pollen 
off the trees while they were pollinating. So I'll have more reports about that, but I, I am um, hopeful that in most cases in local environments, there'll be enough mass to kind of go around, if you will, but it's certainly not going to be a banner year for the oak crop. Having said that, it's a banner year for the squirrels. So those of you that like to squirrel hunt, boy, this is your season. This is a special time and, and uh, it's going to be a good one. So we'll report on that and more uh, as we go through the season to see the cycle. I do want to mention I'm getting some more encouraging reports about turkey poults as well. Uh, we had a marginal hatch in many parts of the state. As most of you know, it was due to a bang-bang negative factor of a lot of rain that uh, got the poults wet and hurt them and their survival rates. We also had a freeze late in the season that uh, destroyed a lot of the nests. So uh, we'll continue to report on that, but I am getting some reports of some scattered uh, flocks of poults in most places around the state, so we'll keep you abreast of that as well. Again, the numbers to reach us tonight, 571-8484, 1-800-444-8484. We'll be back after the news break. This break is presented by SMI Marine. Go see them. Remember, you never get so far with friends at SMI. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.